Welcome to the New Zealand General Practice Podcast. This is an opportunity to share stories about the valuable work done by family doctors in their communities and to explore what sustains them and their teams. Today I'm talking to my friend and colleague, Rural GP Buzz Borrell, who's managing a practice at the top end of the South Island of New Zealand through the COVID-19 crisis. So welcome to the New Zealand General Practice Podcast Buzz. There's such a delight to be talking to you. We've done a little bit of work together before, and I'm, I'm hoping that what we'll share today will be quite inspiring to, to others who are facing this situation. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself, Buzz, and, about, and your practice that you work in. Uh, by all means, as I said before, you switched the microphone on. It's a delight to chat to you again. We did a podcast, I think, nine years ago. I saw it on YouTube only a few weeks ago. And I, honestly, I think you and I are younger and better looking now than we were nine years ago. So obviously, general practice is, is good for you. I think we're both living proof of that. So, I no, think if people want to find that, they just need to Google, um, why is Buzz wearing a chicken suit? I think that's the, oh, the, the, yes. the thing I would recommend them do. Although that, that, that might be something unrelated. I like your style. Moreover, to be honest with you, if I now presented with an Easter egg, one of life's greatest mysteries, which has confused everybody for centuries, would have been solved. That's a a different um, line of attack. But who am I? Like you, I'm I'm a fellow imported POM. After qualifying, I did my best to avoid general practice with the physician training to start with. Look, to be brutally honest, I got better and better at getting further and further away from people. And the reality of that uh, the higher the ranks I climbed eventually got to me so I buckled under pressure and uh, and went into rural general practice that's a valve I blew through and one I never regret I must confess when I was saying to my bosses uh, as um, as, uh, not many months away from being consultant and uh, I said right I want to be a rural general practitioner it was a bit like saying right I've given it a lot of thought and I've decided I want to become an intravenous heroin addict uh, I got exactly the same response <laughs> but uh, uh, to, to be honest with you I, th- I think the, the the overlap doesn't finish there I think rural general practice to me really is a drug and I've remained addicted to it ever since and we, we, we might well touch on this later on but the the thrills and privileges of being a rural GP, I don't think I've ever been more highlighted than this last two weeks of lockdown. Uh, and I will, um, yes, I'll, I'll expand on that if you, if you wish, uh, your prompt. But, but uh, I've even forgotten the question. Well, what was the question again? <laughs> well, you, I, that was a great introduction to yourself, um, Buzz. The, um, so yeah, no, the, um, so whereabouts is your practice, Buzz? Right, I've rattled around a little bit. I started on the, the West Coast, uh, went to Western Australia for a short while, but for the last uh, 15 years I've been in, in Marlborough and my own personal practice now is, um, uh, for the last six years, has been found 15 minutes away from Blenheim uh, in, a, in a little town called Renwick. For a short while I was the only GP there, so I was world famous in Renwick uh, for a short while. I really enjoyed telling people I'm, I'm the very best doctor they'll ever find in Renwick and uh, until a <laughs> second doctor joined me and then knocked me off that perch. It was, it was, a, it was a good status to have. So I think it's, it's, um, it, it's semi-rural really in one regard, but uh, the, if you set off and leave Renwick and head to the West Coast, the, the, the next settlement you'll come to is about two and a half hours away in, in uh, Murchison. So, yeah. so that, that stretch of road, I've got a prime contract for that. And, uh, and uh, as I wander along that road, we live a good half an hour up that road. I really do feel more and more rural. 
I remember the Rural GP Network conference once, uh, struggling to define what exactly is rural. And the best definition which came up was you can get up in the morning and have a pee in your garden and you're not worried the neighbours are going to be watching you. And certainly where, where we live, it more than satisfies that criterion. So, so um, I'm, I'm a rural GP who is um, waiting for my prostate to give me triples and, uh, and uh, the neighbours won't know anything about that. And I, I, you've got some other roles uh, nationally in New Zealand. Are you, you're involved in New Zealand general practice politics a little bit. Oh, just just a, just a shade. It, it's it, I was going to say it's a hobby, but uh, but uh, no, it's more than that. I uh, for, for my sins, I, I'm now I'm chairing the um, rural chapter of the college, and I'm also chairing our local um, uh, DHB's rural service level alliance team. Uh, and I've got myself on the NZMA, the GP Council, and the board of the NZMA. And uh, I'm also um, being one of the um, uh, senior lecturers for the Rural Emotion Programme at the University of Otago for the last 10 years and, and that, that is awesome uh, to, 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 to try and intravenously um, infect uh, fifth year medical students with the uh, thrills and spills of rural practice is, 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 is a real, it's the best drug pushing I, I've, I've ever done. <laughs> they have, uh... Okay, so is, is heroin addiction going to be a continual sort of theme from the conversation, do you think, Buzz? Are we just going to well, keep coming back around to it? I will try and blend it with, 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 with um, South Australian Shiraz, just to sort of try that, <laughs> just, you know, that, 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 uh, when it comes to addiction, monogamy is just so in the past. I, I, uh, <laughs> the, um, so with all those different teams and the different roles, I mean, this uh, current uh, crisis that we're facing or dealing with the, the COVID-19 is obviously impacting on a range of things that you that you're doing how, how are you managing yourself personally with it no it's, it's it, it, that, that's a really good question it, it, it needless to say there's there's a billion answers to that uh, on the one hand uh, the practice has grown over the last six years I, i've now got three doctors and nine staff uh, and and the the sense of responsibility is is is, is, is almost like the same sense of responsibility as a, as a parent, really, with dependent children. And although I, it would be probably make more financial sense to, to lay as many people off as I can and wish them the very best of luck, I, I've got a wonderful relationship with the Bank of New Zealand. Um, they helped me set up, and, and uh, myself and, and, and my overdraft were having a very um, torrid affair. Uh, and, uh, and I'm re-establishing that relationship with my overdraft now in, in, a, in a very carnal way. Uh, and to mm. be honest with you, I, I, I'd sooner do that. And so we, we are diving into the overdraft, uh, not quite vertically, but, but it's, it's a lovely um, uh, sort of black run on, on, on the ski field. And I, I actually, to be honest, that doesn't worry me. Uh, it, it, it's, it, I've got the most beautiful, loyal, uh, and and dedicated team and and to to know that they are riding the storm out with with minimal financial hardship is you can't put a value on that so financially um the bank is thoroughly enjoying it and, and having a blast uh, for myself i'm trying to get off the turf and uh, and moreover something i've discovered the deeper and deeper i get into debt the more the bank loves me so that's massaging narcissism in, in a very perverted sort of way need to say the work is is wildly different and uh, i i'm the opposite of unique in that one but on the positive side and i touched this before this is um, highlighting to me the, the, the genuine 
thrill of, of rural general practice and, and is reminded me, why did I go into it in the first place? At, at the risk of throwing the first swear word of many into this podcast, I went into rural general, general practice because I gave a shit. And now is a beautiful opportunity to give a shit. Uh, most nights when I come home, I, I will drop in uh, to the doorstep maintaining social distancing uh, of, of at least one, if not two or three um, people who cannot make it into town, don't want to make it mm. into town. The elderly, the infirm, the I'm on my own, the I don't want to move, the I'm scared to move. Uh, and, and, and it's beautiful to drop off um, a message from somebody else, drop off their medication. Uh, I've got a, a couple of elderly neighbors in their seventies with comorbidities and to do their shopping for them twice a week and then drop that off, it, it's lovely. They, it, it's when does um, being a rural GP and being a caring neighbour uh, overlap? Needless to say, uh, I think thank God we are taught at a young age boundaries, but but uh, and social distancing is definitely a really good way of reinforcing physical boundaries. But but it, it's it's lovely to uh, know that that um, we are capable of touching lives. But you don't have to remove somebody's colon to touch somebody's lives. You can do their shopping for them, uh, and 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 it's it's actually it's it's really lovely, and and to know who they are, not only know who they are as people, but actually to have the privilege of knowing more about them than most people would by virtue of knowing their medications, knowing their past, knowing their partner's medications and past, knowing the circumstances under which they live, knowing where their house is, what difficulties they're going to meet to wrap all that together uh, and and then be a real human being the 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 fulfillment of that is is incalculable and and that that beauty of of being a person is something which hospital medicine was removing from me surgically and and uh, uh, as i said before and not only does it remind me why did i go into general practice but this is also reminding me why did i leave hospital medicine now that is no disrespect to the hospital medicine people uh, at all um but uh, i feel sorry for them at times like this because they're missing out on that three-dimensional colorful um uh experience I'm having. So I don't know whether, did that answer your question? I'm very good at flying off like a politician. Uh, uh, you ask me one question, I'll answer a different one. No, that's great. That's great. I mean, and I, I, um, I think sometimes people, I still talk to GPs who are wary of breaking the barrier between themselves and their patients. Um, they still feel that they've, they've imbued with that that idea that the we we, we put on the white coat and we um, put on a persona as a, as a GP and if we break that then we somehow lose something um, in the doctor patient relationship and which I think is just so wrong um, that actually the um, the value that you bring from caring and showing that you care through those connections that you're making and the service that you're providing. Is is massive, not just for now, but for the future, uh, as those people will face the cancers or the heart disease or the grief um, that you will help them through uh, in 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 future. The fact that you've been able to demonstrate and show that 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 you really care for them uh, is beautiful, and we have such an, as you say, such an opportunity to do that in smaller rural communities. Um, but it's not it's not something that's closed to our urban colleagues as well. You know, all, no, all, right. all, 
all GPs can do this. Um, and you don't nice have to do it to every one of your 3,000 patients. Um, but, I think you've uh, nailed it. However, if I was to sell rural practice, I could say that we have the edge on that. I think it actually is easier for us to be able to do that. And you're absolutely right. Um, compassionate boundaries, are, are, are they're not synonyms uh, at all. Uh, you know, it's funny, I, I think uh, if, uh, in spite of my extremely youthful appearance, I've been qualified 34 years now. And the, I think if I genuinely were to count how many lives have I literally saved, I bet I'm still in single figures. Um, but one life I did save, and I never, I didn't know I did it until years later. Uh, there was a young mother in the middle of winter uh, gave me a ring when, when I was in Reefton. Uh, and I'll miss a few thousand bits out, but it, it was one of those, um, on the face value of it, ridiculous calls. A little bit like when the police get a call because McDonald's served them the wrong type of hamburger sort of call. Yeah, yeah. Um, th th this, this was a, a young solo mum who, who'd just been discharged from hospital having given birth to her first child. Um, and uh, to cut a long story short, she'd run out of coal. Um, and uh, and it was it was an absolute delight to throw a half a trailer load of coal uh, um, into the trailer and go around to her house, drop it off, light the fire, uh, and say, "Are you all right?" Uh, and um, and uh, and then walk away a couple of hours later with a, with a, the fire going, uh, a couple of weeks worth of coal in, in a coal shed. And uh, and her feeling that somebody gave a shit. Years later, before I left Reefton, and she told me I saved life that night, uh, and there was two options. Um, she was either going to take her own life because she was over being cold, uh, or do something. I, mm. I, I didn't realise. It's funny, but I, um, I you could speak to a cardiothoracic surgeon who, who who'd done a tricky heart transplant. He saved a life, um, and you can talk to me, and I dropped a truckload of coal off and saved a life. A life is a life. How do you put a value on that? Uh, it, it, it's um, the privilege of being able to do that is is something we're all blessed with, um, and and that that was that was a privilege. And and needless to say, one of course I'll never forget. Its simplicity was was um, just just ridiculous, uh, but its effect was as powerful as as doing the heart transplant. So I, I sense that that uh, reflection and the, your ability to recognise what you're doing when you're reaching out like this is part of your own resilience. It's part of your own, um, uh, the, the, the way that you um, manage that, the challenges of that as well. Um, but I mean, it, the, the, how do you make that balance between your own physical health, your own mental health, and the care and concern and compassion that you have for, for others? How, how do you look after yourself when you're facing these things? Yeah, and look, do you know, the, the older and older I get, the more difficult that question becomes to answer. You see, the secondary gain from doing that one act, which I described, was incalculably huge. Uh, one could almost argue selfish. Uh, so uh, I was looking after myself by doing that. That, that was a really beautiful feeling. Um, to drive home thinking, that, uh, wow, I've just, just helped somebody, that, that, and, and because I can. That, 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 that was, uh, that, that's the same thrill. The many many volunteers up and down the country are volunteering to do anything get uh, when you ask them why do you volunteer for doing whatever you do their answer will be along the lines i've just described that is self-care that 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 is uh, approaching narcissism so so the the, the uh, on the one hand it, it, it you use the word resilience and i think we all need that on the other hand insight into vulnerability permits us 
to look into the hearts of other people and realize they're hurting as much as we can uh, and and uh, that they're as vulnerable as we are uh, and i i don't know whether i'm very resilient uh, maybe it's the not particularly huge amount of resilience uh, permits me to try and empathize with people equally less resilient and therefore try and do something. So, so it, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's a good question and forgive the, the blurry answer, but, but uh, if you'd asked me 25 years ago, you would have got a hard hitting nail hit the wood answer. You would have been, uh, I'd have been impressed with it, but I would have been impressed. I would have thought that was 10 out of 10 for the answer. Old and ugly me, that, that gets harder. But I'm saying that, yes, we do, we do need, um, we, we need to, Know when to stop and, and breathe and eat and drink and socialize. Uh, um, when, when to tell somebody you love, I love you, knowing full well they're going to stop um, and turn around and say, I love you in return. Uh, and to give yourself that forum in which to be able to hear that uh, is, is absolutely crucial. So, so um, uh, and uh, I think therein lies, lies the answer, really. The, the, if, if we can give. Uh, and then receive them, then we're there. It, it, it goes all around the word love. If we've got a capacity to love, that's fantastic. But likewise, we need to balance that with the capacity not only to be loved, but then give ourselves permission to be loved. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's the answer. It, it's, it's, um, it's less physically tangible. Oh, I wish I could say, go for a run, read a book, make yourself a meal, drink a bottle of wine, phone a friend, all of those are important. But, but, but it, it's more, more the spiritual side of things, the, the side which you probably can't show, show a photograph of, put it on Facebook, but, but it's, it's, it's that which um, permits me to keep going, uh, is, yeah. is, is that, uh, that, that um, sense of, of fulfillment, a uh, sense that uh, it's not, um, Double negatives is not not worthwhile. It, 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 that 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 is what feeds you, um, and well, what feeds me certainly. Uh, but I think I think you're absolutely right. And and you know we talk about um, gratitude diaries and and things like this that you know people to to and it's about uh, I think that is an opportunity to sit back and just reflect on the things that have um, that we're thankful for uh, in the day, um, and that that will help helps people to to recognize yep now that when i went to you know enid and and handed over the uh, the shopping you know the the smile on her face and the gratitude her, I, i'm really grateful that i'm able to do that and able able to help you know yes. and um uh, and the um as you say being able to come home and have the um the love of your family around you and to to celebrate that you know, it's 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 something that we you some of us do need to stop and and acknowledge in a in that more formal way. Um, but you but you chose your words very wisely, then, Joe, and I'm sure you did choose them wisely. This wasn't a mis mistake. You said the things we are thankful for, and there is an enormous difference uh, because that is a guilt-free relaxing, reassuring frame of mind you get into. But I've noticed some people are really good at throwing an extra word in there, which is unhelpful. And that is be, uh, be thankful for the things we should be thankful for. Uh, and that engenders guilt. I should be thankful for this, but I'm not. Um, this is a list of things which I, I should be grateful for, but I'm not. When that comes in, then we start frying ourselves, then we burn ourselves out, then the frustration creeps in. I would like to be in this, but I can't. Uh, I would have preferred, but I couldn't. That, that is, uh, and, and, and then I think it's time uh, to, to if, if, as colleagues, if we can see somebody literally dying of frustration, uh, the gap between 
what they'd like to be thankful for and what they really are thankful for. If we as colleagues can identify that gap, then then we're good mates if we identify that gap and do our best to try and fill it somehow. Uh, but but no, I like your choice of words there. And and that, that was, um, yeah, so that wasn't, that wasn't an accident. So have you got any I, any tips or tricks or things that you would recommend for people listening to this that they would, should um, or could practice themselves um, to, to uh, maybe it's about distraction, maybe it's about um, uh, um, recognizing those, those things in life to, to celebrate. Um, the, um, and anything that's, that's sustaining you at the moment, particularly? Yeah, well, well, um, numerous things really. I, I, I've said what I said before, I, I'm actually giving myself permission uh, to have other people do to me what I'm actually enjoying doing to them. Uh, so, so I enjoy cooking a dinner for someone. Actually, I really enjoy having dinner cooked for me. Um, yeah. I enjoy saying I love you, but bloody hell, I enjoy somebody looking at me saying I love you in return. Um, I enjoy picking a movie. I enjoy somebody else picking a movie. Uh, the, that do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. Turn that round, really, and, and give yourself permission to have done unto yourself what actually you enjoy doing unto others. Uh, and and that, 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 uh, that, that is, is the news headlines. Now, I'm saying that, what are we doing, as you probably worked out, uh, even within the confines of the bubble. Uh, we've got three people in our bubble at the moment, and uh, um, we are um, socialising. We are really being creative with with cooking uh, i had fried tofu fried in something which i didn't know you could fry it in last night it was just it's incredible um we 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 are, we are working our way through those bottles of wine which we're saving for special occasions stuff this is a special occasion let's enjoy it uh, yeah. we are we are watching watch movies uh, which this is my favorite this is my favorite this is my favorite and, and uh, um we're also interested about, now this is a probably a slightly more prescriptive um statement but we, we have insight into the risk of doing what i've just described and doing an absolute best to put on 10 kilos a week uh, um, which uh, after lockdown period would change our completely so believe it or not uh, what we are doing uh, is we are making up our own boot camp um oh, yes. program uh, and so um for just under an hour every day uh, we're doing a boot camp program uh, it's different every day and uh, and uh, and uh, and it's exhausting every day and we hate each other during the hour and then love each other afterwards uh, but that that's that's really um uh, just just staving off that 10 kilo a week uh, weight gain inevitability if we weren't doing that um, so again it's sort of it's like looking after yourself but actually <laughs> you do feel pretty good um uh, being permanently exhausted for an hour and then sitting back and going, yep, uh, I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't done it. That's an obvious well, statement, wasn't it? What I might do is find some boot camp apps and things like that to link in the show notes for people listening to the podcast as well. Absolutely. They, um, yeah. So just to finish off, have you got uh, an inspirational quote or, or something that um, you, know, you can leave the listeners with? Yeah, I will. And, and uh, hey, look, thanks for the heads up. Needless to say, you, you, you did warn me. I'm not suddenly spontaneously pulling one out of the depths of my head. But this is, this is a, a, a quote from John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. Uh, to me, it speaks volumes uh, because it, it, um, it, it just reminds us, especially with this lockdown, um, on how we're going to emerge from this uh, uh, and get, get something positive out of it. Uh, and, uh, and it goes like this. He said, and I quote, if a free society cannot help the many who are poor, it cannot save the few who are rich. Close quotes. 
And to a certain degree, this lockdown is a warning to us uh, that unless we take heed from John F. Kennedy's words there, that's precisely the trap we're going to fall into. We are already seeing um, in New York, uh, we're seeing it uh, in, in Italy, we're, we're, we're seeing it literally around the world. At the moment, um, the, the, if you are privileged, uh, you stand a chance. If you're underprivileged, you don't. Uh, and the underprivileged with this pandemic are, are really, really suffering. We're seeing it in our own country. If we are rich and privileged, uh, if we've got a large house, three ensuite bathrooms, three living rooms, and, and the best broadband you can have. Um, terrific. We can survive the lockdown very nicely. Everybody can watch their own movies and do online learning and, and not finish the face. If this was a small house uh, with three families living under the same roof, they're reliant on food banks with an empty larder, um, no internet, one TV, uh, and and uh, and not particularly flash plumbing. Uh, that, 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 uh, scenario described it sadly represents I think um, just under a fifth of New Zealand that they, they, they are struggling more now than they've ever struggled before and this lockdown needs to remind us of those people and and here is the positive spin on that quote if we can look after those people we can emerge from this down a fitter and healthier and a stronger and more compassionate society than ever we were before we went into it. That optimism, that hope, uh, means that this uh, pandemic was definitely um, worthwhile surviving because if we can keep our minds open enough to learn lessons from it and be nicer people as a result of it, then I'm going to be part of that. And uh, I'm going to thank John F. Kennedy for saying that very simple one line. So that's my quote. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to hang on to that and use that as a mantra to chat. It's beautiful. And I think that the leadership that people like yourself show in the sector not just now during this time, but also the impact of this and the way that we're having to change the way that we deliver services over the next year, 18 months, you know, to keep in mind the impact on the poorest, on the most vulnerable um, within, within society and to have people like yourself with that passion uh, leading uh, our response it, it, uh, I, it gives me a great deal of hope. So thank you, Buzz. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for uh, contributing to this. Uh, I, I'm sure that uh, people will take away um, uh, a lot to think about and hopefully a lot to celebrate uh, as well. So thanks, Buzz. Oh, God bless you, Joe. Look, you inspire me, mate. But if I've got any molecules of leadership and, uh, and optimism, uh, it, it's this. Picking uh, leaves out of your book today. I'm, I'm, I'm privileged and honoured to be uh, part of your bubble right now, mate. And uh, I think I'll talk to you too. Good on you. God bless you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you're enjoying the New Zealand General Practice Podcast, please rate it where you found it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about general practice in New Zealand, the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners has a website with all the advice you need about vocational training. If you're looking to work in New Zealand or just want to share what brings you joy in your work, you can contact me via Twitter. I am at GP, or find me, Dr. Joe Scott-Jones, on LinkedIn. Kakite ano. See you next time.